Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, to this issue 64 of DC Primetime uh, from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. And first things first, we have a congratulations to send out to, I'll let you do the honors, but we had our first ever uh, DC Primetime Injustice to Fight Night uh, earlier on in the week. Uh, there was only four of us, but it doesn't matter how many people. It was still a lot of fun to uh, to finally get to play the game because I had I hadn't played it yet before that night, and uh, it showed uh, <laughs> for sure. I think I won maybe once out of all the matches that we did, uh, but I think we played for probably like a good hour, hour and a half, and uh, hour and a half. Yeah, it was about an hour and a half, I would say. And uh, I have since played the game a little bit more. I've unlocked some gear for some characters, and I've changed some skins, and I've made some changed the looks of some of my characters, and. Uh, and all that fun stuff. I still have some more to play. I got a lot more to unlock. Uh, but I played a little bit of the storyline. I think I got through like the first two chapters of the story. And um, uh, yeah, dude, it's a pretty fucking kick-ass game. Yeah, I'm, seriously. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but why don't you do the honors and reveal our winner of uh, Fight Night and what they uh, get. Yeah, yeah. So the winner that gets to host their very own episode of DC Primetime with us as their co-host. So they get to take lead, do the planning which means we kind of get a little bit of a break. Uh, and we already know what the topic's going to be. It sounds like it's going to be the trilogy of Arkham games. Uh, so Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight uh, is none other than uh, our good friend Shad, who uh, ended up uh, taking us all to school. Yeah. Um, like I said, he has definitely put some serious time into that game. He's got his combo strings down. Uh, his Blue Beetle was uh, fairly unrivaled. Uh, so uh, was his Supergirl. And his Supergirl was pretty damn impressive, uh, impressive as well. So, uh, and I think we decided we're going to give another two weeks. So, um, anybody that couldn't participate in the fight night, uh, all you have to do is jump onto the visitors page uh, for the podcast on our Facebook. So, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Just post on the visitor spot and tell us why you should host an episode. And uh, we'll pick a winner in two weeks. So, uh, so, like I said, we'll we'll put a little something up about that on the Facebook page in a day or two. But uh, we'll figure out sometime this summer, probably after the annuals are all wrapped up, and we'll have Shad on, and he'll get to do his very own episode of the show. So, yeah. That, uh, congrats I'm, to him. I'm looking forward to the break. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but no, it's it, we we did have a lot of fun with it. Now I'll, I'll probably get to play the game a little bit more throughout the week. Uh, but this week we uh, we did a little bit of a mini. It's going to be a shorter episode. I know we say that a lot, but this week uh, it's it's going to be. Um, uh, we did a little bit earlier on in the week, Tuesday night, Rob and I had the opportunity to go see Wonder Woman, and if uh, if you have not yet had the opportunity to see it, you're probably going to want to hold off on listening to this episode, uh, listening to this issue of DC Primetime, because uh, we're going to spoil the shit out of it. 
Yeah. Uh, at least as much as I can remember, because it's, it's been almost a week since we saw it. So, uh, and the movie is dominating the box office right now, rightfully so. Uh, uh, is there an update right now? I know it broke the 100 billion. Oh, mark. it, dude, it's over 200. At oh, this no point. kidding. Yeah. It's, um, hold on. I'll, I, as we are talking, I will look for the update that I received. Um, but yeah, I, I think as of early this morning, if not maybe the end of yesterday, it was like 122.5 mil, and that's worldwide. Um, oh wait, no, no, it's no internationally. It was 122.5. Uh, it's already. It, I think as of this morning, it was like 223 million. Uh, as of right now. Um, oh, see, this doesn't. Okay, so Box Office Mojo hasn't updated yet. It's still only at the. Uh, it, it still hasn't listed as new, and it's not the total weekend gross yet. Um, I thought I could have swore I saw an article that said it had broken um, 200. I'm looking for it now. Uh, yeah, I'm actually reading one right now. It says uh, 223 million is uh, what it's broke as of I think this morning, which is crazy ridiculous. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, it's wonderful to see this movie getting so much love. Uh, I'm I sure those reviews there. were a Wonder. big help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, again, we saw it on Tuesday night at an at a advanced screening of it. We did a little bit of a Facebook Live afterwards, and um, yeah, it was, uh, we had nothing but great things to say about the movie, which is surprising for me, because I'm not, I've, I've been a big critic of the DC fan, of the DC films. Yeah, actually, both of us are. I mean, I've been a little bit more lenient in the beginning. Um, I think that has changed quite a bit. Uh, But I I will say there was not a lot to be disappointed about in this film, really. Uh, No, no, not at all. Um, uh, It looks like domestic box office, it's broken. It's over $100 Uh, I think worldwide, it's over 200 at this point. Uh, So domestic hasn't broken 200 yet. Domestic is, uh, uh, let's see... Uh, combined oh no yeah gives a global gives the movie a global opening of 223 million dollars okay so it's the same as the number i was i i i stated so and i think it was 100.5 million was the yep 100.5 domestic opening but so that that is officially as of that was as the morning of this of sunday yes so at at this point now including sunday night viewings it is uh most likely going to be I, I'm going to put it probably at like 130 135 million I, I think that's uh, very feasible at this point in time to say that's exactly where that that's going to fall at least yeah so which which is exceptional I, I don't think they think their original you know thought process was 65 to 75 mil uh, for you know this US market for this this weekend um, so yeah this uh, really tore through their expectations yeah um so let's talk a little bit about the movie because that's obviously what we're we're going to focus on this time around. And if you have not seen the movie yet, we apologize uh, if you continue listening and experience spoilers. Uh, Actually, no, we we do not apologize. We we've already told you multiple times, plus the spoiler warning in the beginning. So that's, that's true. All right, I was being nice and apologizing. I'm not going to be nice. All I'm right. not. No more spoil spoiler warnings. We're we're just getting into it at this point. So, so. let's um. Uh, Let's give it a rating, as we usually do with everything else that we do, um, you know, sidekick hero or legend. But let's go uh, into the further breakdown and let's do the um, one through ten as well. Um, you know, let's start with that because that'll fall into, I think, what we say, like one through three is sidekick, four through seven is hero, and then seven through ten is legend. Uh, so on that scale of one to ten, what would you say 
about this movie? What kind of rating would you give it? Well, I'm definitely going to say Legend, uh, and I would probably give this a 9.5, I think, uh, is where it, it's going to go. It's actually, right now, tied in, I think, my top three, like, modern comic movies. And I'm saying modern starting back with Iron Man. Um, I don't really count the Nolan ones in that time, time frame, because that was just kind of something that was itself. But I would say since the Marvel era and the DC Cinematic Universe has begun, this easily stands within my top three favorites. Okay. Yeah, um, this is uh, – I'm right there with you, actually. I was going to say 9.5, actually. And this is – and I've said this in my reviews uh, both online and to my friends. This is one of those movies that – and I'm very surprised that I've – I'm even saying this about a DC film because of my critiques of the past DC films. But this is probably in, as well as you, my top three favorite superhero films. Not DC, superhero. Superhero, yeah. Including Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that includes like Guardians of the Galaxy, The Avengers, which are probably my other top two. Um, Dark Knight is up there, uh, so I mean I would include that in in all the superhero movies too. But including them, uh, this is just top three, easily top three. Yeah, uh, well, actually my top five. We, me and my wife were talking about this the other day, and I, I'm not sure the order of one through three, but I know what four and five are. Uh, and uh, I would say Daredevil, <laughs> Catwoman. Yeah, uh, Electra was a lot better than people said. I don't know why I get so much hate. That's no, kidding. <laughs> You are off um, this podcast. Yeah, seriously. Uh, no, I would say my top three, and Wonder Woman uh, is definitely in there. It's it's not sure which one it is. It's more of a based on which day it is. But I would say Wonder Woman, Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, Captain America Winter Soldier um, are my, my top three. And then my number four and five are probably uh, The Dark Knight and Watchmen. So. Ooh, forgot about Watchmen. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that. do. Yeah, that my was, uh... my top five and, and my order kind of switches around uh, a little bit too. But yeah, Dark Knight, um, Wonder Woman, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, uh, oh my god, I completely forgot one of them. <laughs> Not Man of Steel. What did I say? So Wonder Woman, Guardians of the Galaxy, Dark Knight, Dark Knight. Um, what were yours again? Because I think we shared another. I one. said, I said, uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, that's it. Win- yeah, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and the Avengers, the the first okay. Avengers movie. Um, Watchmen is fantastic, uh, and I actually just recently rewatched that again in the past couple months. But yeah, I just I love. There's just something about the Avengers, and be that being the first movie where we see this group of superheroes come together. Um, there's just something special about that movie so much that it still holds that. Um, I mean, still. There's a magic to it, yeah. I mean, still, to this day. I mean, I, I know we're getting off DC topic a little bit, but we're talking superhero movies in general. And um, that moment in the Avengers, I just remember that final battle scene was amazing. But And just when I thought it couldn't get any better, when we get to see Mark Ruffalo come in and he's like, that's my secret, I'm always angry, transforms into the Hulk and just... One punches that damn Chitari thing, uh, and you finally see all of the Avengers together with the camera panning around them. Um, I I think I peed a little bit. <laughs> so there's always there's going to be something special about that movie for me, even with the less success of uh, 
of uh, Age of Ultron. But dude, Civil War is probably like number six. Oh my! Yeah, I would put Civil War probably at number six. Civil myself. War is up there too. Now, with Wonder Woman being as good as it was, I think there are a lot of elements to this that helped in this success. The first off being, um, it's been seventy six years in the making for this. Absolutely. Uh, we've seen television shows, one that found moderate success, the one with Linda Carter. Uh, there was another one with Adrian Padalecki that didn't even make it to pilot. Uh, and since then, we haven't seen Wonder Woman on in a live-action format until this film. But I think one of the other things that helps, and I've watched a lot of videos on Facebook and online since the movie premiered um, about the female, about there being a female director for this as well. But... You know, with that being said, with the female director, if you watch interviews with her, and I can't remember... um, Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. She said flat out, she's like, she didn't want to be... When she started making this film, she didn't want to be remembered for making a female superhero movie. She didn't want to be remembered for being a female director. She wanted to be remembered for being an amazing director who made an amazing superhero movie. No female included in any of that. It it wanted to be gender biased. um, Or gender unbiased. And... That's exactly what she did. Um, The fact that Wonder Woman is in my top three now has nothing to do with the fact that it's a female director. It it improves it. It increases it. But I also think that – and I I watched an interview with Chris Pine about this too – is that he – his opinion on on Patty Jenkins being the director is that it really helped to show – the true origin of this character because Mm -hmm. and he made a good point is that when you see origin stories of characters most of the times it's about revenge it's about getting back at somebody it's about killing people and things like that and this was completely different from that there's no vengeance aspect to that with i mean there is a little bit with uh her going after um uh what's the god of war aries Um, aries uh you know obviously she wants vengeance on him for that actually she's not even it's not even vengeance at really it's she wants to stop him to stop war um, she she wants to fight like you see her in this movie as a little kid mimicking watching the other amazonians like and there was something just wonderful about that scene like she was so excited to to just be in the thick of it and be a soldier that she was like well no one else is going to do this i'm totally going to do this i totally believe this i i love there was there's that little part of her that was a, that very brash uh, do you know do things the way she wants, not the way that things work on Themyscira? Yeah, I, I really loved that quality about her. I think there was a lot about um that whole aspect of the film. Like I I know, um, again getting back to what he said, like he didn't want. He feels that the movie works because there's no really elements of vengeance. And when I say she's she's going after Ares, there are there's really no personal vendetta behind it she's really only going after Ares because she wants all war to stop so it's not a personal vendetta when she goes after Ares to fight Ares it's more of this is going to help everybody so I understand what he says about like there's no vengeance aspect to this uh, and because of that we get a more developed and softer side of her character which I think perfectly works in this film mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly, one of the things that's best about this and the reason it was important to bring up those numbers and those tallies of where the film was box office wise is this broke a record that is sad that it has not that hasn't been broken yet until this film. And that was the first, I think, movie, you know, directed by a woman that broke 
that hundred million marker for opening weekend, which is very sad to say that it took till now for this to happen because so many other movies, that's just not even a question. It's like when it does this, but I love the fact that like, we're not even even talking about the film in total yet, but it's, this changes everything moving forward. I, studios now can't use this as an excuse. Uh, and I'm very happy about that. There's, they have no reason to have excuses like, uh, you know, a female led superhero movie is not going to make the money. We need it to, uh, putting a female director in one of these roles, it, it's not going to do what we need it to. It, none of that argument is valid anymore, which is great. I'm happy that that conversation is done and over. So. Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, I never, I mean, in our personal opinions, and I know you share this with me as well, is that this was never an issue for us. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, you want to have a female director directing a superhero movie? Fine, go for it. If she's a good director, then you have it done. And I mean, I understand, like, now we have, um, we're, you know, we're going to have Joss directing the upcoming Batgirl film, uh, which is never an issue, again, because you look at some of Joss's past work, and a lot of it has been female-led. Uh, you know, he's had a lot of female leading ladies, from Sarah Michelle Gellar to Eliza Dushku to, um, I know I'm forgetting some. Um, Nathan Fillion. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's not female, but you but you know what I mean. Like he has a lot of female driven characters, and he has a lot of Absolutely. strong female characters, even when they're not, even when the projects aren't led by strong by female. The char- the female characters he has are strong. So Joss directing the Batman, the Batgirl film, was never an issue as well because we know where his strengths lie uh, when it comes to that. So you know, getting back to Wonder Woman, the fact that it's a female director, I, I love the fact that this is become the most successful um, of female-directed films uh, and the fact that it is a superhero film at the same time. I hope this does break that glass ceiling because in all honesty, seeing what Patty Jenkins did with Wonder Woman, I would be totally on board with her taking the helm of Justice League if it wasn't already done. Yeah. You know, if the film wasn't already done. Yeah. I mean, I I think, like I said, you know, in general, everything that they managed to pull off here, and I even said it when we did our little video review, if you've seen this movie, I really hope you stayed through the entirety of the credits. Um, I, I know we actually didn't, which was kind of funny because we told you to make sure you did, and it's not because of a stinger, but it was to give props to all the people that made that film. We just wanted to make sure we got to you guys as quickly as we could. Um, That's why we left and, early, yeah, because we were looking yeah, for Craig, yeah. and then we didn't even see Craig until most of the other movie let out anyway. Um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. There's so many people made this movie possible, and I'm very, very amazed to see how much love it's been getting. I, I mean, I have not really been seeing anybody say anything negative about this online anywhere. It's been so nice to see uh, so much positivity coming from people that have been watching this, and it's been so great seeing not just the, like you know your normal like you know friends out there in the mixture, but like seeing people that I never expected to go to a movie to see like a superhero flick getting out and seeing a film. Uh, and a lot of women doing that too, which I'm like, that's fantastic. I'm so happy to see that happening. Well, I think so. even your wife had uh, like a girls' night out to go see. Yeah, she never does girls' night things. And her and a couple of uh, like you know uh, our other female friends, they all went planned planned this months ago that they were all going. And uh, my wife and our our one friend Jada, who's on Caffeine Crew, uh, both dressed up, and uh, they went enjoyed the movie. And they came home and they were just gushing with how much they absolutely adored the film. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's I'm seeing I don't think I've seen a bad review from any of my friends online yet. Absolutely not. Every yeah. single person who has gone to see this movie in theaters has come back and said how amazing this film is and how they want to see it again. I have friends who never go to theaters to see a movie twice saying they want to go back and see this movie again. I uh, usually do not. I really want to go back and see it again. I do, I too. I'm uh, so excited and so happy to. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm the same way. Like, this is a movie that I, I don't think I've gone – to see any of the DC films in theaters a second time, this will probably be the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you on this. So, all right, let's let's get into the film here a little bit. So let's, I think maybe a cool way to, for us to do this is talking about the things that, you know, not just the plot points or the beats, but if certain casting or decisions, certain things worked, certain things, what fell flat, what worked, what didn't work kind of things. Um, I would say right off the bat, the only only real big negative I can give this film is that uh, just like the majority of other big blockbuster films, uh, especially superhero, the third act fight felt a little lackluster in comparison to the rest of the film. But that seems like that's been a consistent trend. Uh, but I also think it's because Wonder Woman has this exceptional action piece in the second act that is one of the best I've ever seen in any superhero movie. Oh, dude, um, three words, no man's land. It, it, exactly. You know what? I think the only other time I've been that excited watching a sequence was the airport battle in civil war. Um, it just ha- had me absolutely encapsulated and just sucked into the screen. I was so enthralled. Usually when you have these big CG moments like this, they don't do as much for me. I was so fixed on what was happening. And I was so excited, and I wanted to scream and wanted to cheer, and it was exceptional. I think that's why I think you know Civil War has the same problem because that sequence is so big that when you get to the final fight, you're like, well, how how are you going to top what you already showed us? <laughs> so well, it, it's funny that you mentioned that too, like being engrossed in a scene and things like that. Because I think because uh, we were sitting next to each other in a theater, obviously, and I think there were a couple of moments that I caught in my peripheral. You were looking over at me after a couple uh-huh. scenes and I was not looking back only because I didn't want to miss anything that was happening <laughs> on the screen. I, I just looked over at you and just like this grinning ear to ear. I'm like, <laughs> that was amazing because you think about it. The no man land sequence starts with, with them coming out of the trench. Um, and then it ends when she basically just tears the church apart, <laughs> stopping the, 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 you know, the, the cannon. Uh, and the Gatling uh, Gatling gun. I mean, it was like that's how that sequence ends. And you're like, holy crap, that was all one giant sequence. Yeah. And it was so amazing. Um, but it was also the first time we see her in costume in the film, too. Like, we know she's wearing the suit, but that was the unveiling of it, that moment. And you're when it hit, happens and hits, man, it's every every part of that is just stunning to watch. And I love there's one thing Gal Gadot does as Wonder Woman as Diana Prince that I just adore is she has that moment where she realizes that she's a badass and you see it in BVS when she blocks the shot from Doomsday. You see it again in the start of No Man's Land and it's that smirk and it's just like, oh, God, things are about to get so real and I can't I'm so excited for this moment to happen. Yeah, but I, I love that quality to her character. Um it's something that's very unique and different that we've seen from all these other superheroes. Um, she is generally excited to do what she's doing, but she also has so much compassion about it. I think, like I said, the only other analog I think that's out there is is Cap. 
and I think it was very fitting that this mirrored a little bit of what made the first Avenger work so well. But even the first Avenger had a lot of problems. Um, the setting and the, the startup of it was not one of those things, but where Wonder Woman managed to follow a very similar path in the first act, they really nailed act two and act three uh, incredibly well. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, and it's it's funny because it, there's a lot of similarities between Wonder Woman and Captain America as far as the two universes go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, is that these, these are two very, I want to say all American, but... Uh, Wonder Woman is not American, um, so and that's another thing that really got me cheesed over the course of the weekend. Is I saw there was some report of like Fox News, and I'm not trying to get political, but Fox News like saying claiming that Wonder Woman is not American enough. Well, no shit, she's not American. So yeah. it, you know that's not an argument to be had. But still, you know the similarities between the two characters are are still there, and. You know, you say how the the fight kind of in the third act kind of felt a little lackluster compared to what we got in the second act. Uh, I, that was something that I kind of felt was very similar to Winter Soldier. And I compared, uh, you know, the, the second act of Winter Soldier to the second act of Wonder Woman in that you have that amazing No Man's Land fight scene, which was definitely a lot longer uh, than the fight scene I'm comparing it to, uh, which in Winter Soldier is the elevator fight scene. Yeah. which was an amazing choreographed fight scene that I actually watched again over the course of the weekend, uh, just that scene. And that elevator scene is an amazing second act scene, which is you know comparable to No Man's Land in Wonder Woman. But I think one of the other things I really liked about this, and you kind of touched base on it a little bit, uh, how she's genuinely excited to be doing what she's doing and to be fighting, is the fact that there is such a brilliant innocence to her character throughout this entire film uh you know and they captured it fantastically uh when she leaves you know Themyscira to come to uh, you know to go to England um she's not used to it and you know when they arrive uh, you know in the boat like when you know Chris Pine's character says you know welcome to London and she's like it's so ugly you know it there's just who says that? It's unless yes. this is something it's completely innocent to you from walking out of the dress boutique carrying the sword and shield to telling the ice cream vendor he should be proud because of how <laughs> good his ice cream is. There's so many little innocent moments uh to her character throughout from you know uh um telling him that's you know we call that slavery when she says to um uh, to Edda, that you know, when she asks, you know, what is a secretary? Oh, I do whatever he says. Well, where I'm from, we call that slavery. There's just so many great innocent moments with Diana that um, I-, I just thought shine such a brilliant light on the character throughout the entire film. Absolutely. And one of the things, too, we got to bring up is because it's something that's sort of been lacking from a good chunk of the DC Extended Universe, and that is the comedy. And, man, the comedy was perfect. It was absolutely spot on through the entirety of this film. Uh, There was a lot more hope, compassion, uh, and then just general badassery. But the comedy all hit at perfect times. And a lot of it came from Chris Pine. Like, he's got great comedic chops. And her deadpan delivery of just not, you know, connecting with, you know, the world of man. Um, All of this played together so incredibly well. And I think there was this great blend of this. And I think this is this beautiful, hopeful spotlight now for the DCEU. 
like incredibly well like and not anywhere what i expected i was like this movie just is it's going to be good maybe great i didn't think it was going to be one of my favorites and i'm very excited to be able to continue to say that that this is absolutely and i think will always be one of my absolute favorites yeah i'm 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 right up there with you i did not expect it to be as much um i I didn't expect it to be as great as i um as I thought it was going to be. So uh, I'm very pleasantly surprised, uh, but in the best of ways. So I'm not disappointed in all that. It's one of my favorites. I've been wanting for so long since the DCEU began to be able to give a film credit for being good. And I'm happy that I'm finally able to do it with Wonder Woman. Now, Justice League, I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, going forward, let's hope this momentum progresses thing you have to keep in mind is that when you say that and this forward momentum, you have to jump past Justice League because these two films were kind of filming at the same time. Um, Their filmings were kind of coinciding with each other uh, and Justice League is already completed. So whatever magic they captured with Wonder Woman, I'm not expecting just. I'm, I'm still not expecting a lot out of Justice League. I want it to be good, but when I say I have my hopes up for the future of the DCEU, it means f- going forward past Aquaman Justice League. forward. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Aquaman, Flash, Wonder Woman two, Man of Steel two. That you know, through Wonder Woman, the DCEU and Warner Brothers are now finding what works you're you're now seeing you need this element of lightheartedness you need that comedy you can't go as dark as you have been so far before so right justice league already being completed you kind of have to scratch that from the list as far as the future of the dceu hopefully it's still good i don't think it's going to beat wonder woman yeah no i i think it's you know what i think the, the fact that it hasn't gone back for reshoots yet um I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're now looking at the response and seeing if there's things that they can do maybe to also totally make some changes, uh, especially with Joss there now kind of um, being there to put the, uh, the film together uh, since Zach has uh, walked away. I, I, I think they could definitely be – they have time still to look back at Wonder Woman and say, do we want to go back and make any additions, changes, put a little bit more focus or change up a little bit of humor? But even the trailers that we've seen for Justice League – a lot of the humor and tone feels like it had like the tone that we saw out of Wonder Woman. So I think that they are on a more positive path. Um, and I, I think they do have a brighter future ahead. I don't think Justice League, like you stated, is going to top Wonder Woman. But I think Aquaman has a high chance of being right, sta- able to stand right next to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's and that's what I hope, too. I hope it's. I'm hopeful for it, but I just hope that Wonder Woman being as good as it was hasn't gotten my hopes up so high for Justice League that I'm disappointed after I see it. No, I'm still I, like I said, they're they're right now they're they're one and one and four, so or one and three. So it's no, it's, they're they're one and four. So oh yeah, no, it Suicide is Squad. Yeah, yeah, I almost forgot about that one. So, uh, so they're one and four right now. Uh, but like I said, the most recent one is the one that people always think about. It's uh, no, it's. It's the thought process of who gives a crap that what happened a year ago. Everybody wants to know what they're doing for them now, and thankfully that's Wonder Woman. So yeah. this is this is a good good piece here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, as far as the rest of the film here, like I said, um, you know, humor was amazing. The acting and the chemistry between Chris Pine and Gal Gadot was phenomenal. It, I think by, that was such an amazing highlight. By the way, it is Gal Gadot. 
Gal Gadot. Yes, because uh, that's how she pronounces it, so that's what I go with. Okay. But like I said, the chemistry between the two of them, though, was exceptional and easily one of the best highlights about this film uh, as well. And like I said, it feels like everything that they did here was almost flawless. Um, Villain-wise, what did you think? Um, Where do you go from here uh, when you're battling the god of war in your first film? Um, That's my only question and my only concern with it. And uh, I like what they did with it um, in that it was a a kind of a twist in that the person you thought was going to be the big bad was not the big bad at all. Uh, And the person that was ended up being the big bad or basically uh, Ares in disguise was, um, you know, somebody who you thought was helping them throughout the film. Uh, Yeah, that was on the up and up. And like I said, it was funny because like. I think you and me both didn't buy that the general that was actually no, not at all. I I did not. You you and me both thought it was Doctor Poison was the was the big bad actually, Um, and they actually even made that character really interesting and like the horrors of war kind of showed on her incredibly well. Like somebody that could just be viewed as a one note kind of villain. Um, When that mask comes off, you you kind of feel for her a little bit. Like they managed to make all of it work, which I was very surprised. But, I, I mean, one of the things now now you look at is, like, do they do Cheetah next? Because I would love to see that. That'd be amazing. I would, I would love to see Cheetah as one of the next villains. So, um, um, And we'll even get into that in the news a little bit, too. Yeah. So. I do want to say one of the other things I really I really pride this film on. And I know some people – I talked to a couple people who were kind of disappointed by it. And I wasn't at all because and – that's, and that's the fact that there were no other Justice League characters in this movie. This movie was all about Wonder Woman. There was mention of Bruce, but you didn't see Bruce. Um, And no other characters were involved in the film. Um, And when you have a a character like Wonder Woman, who it's been 76 years and has never been on film before, when you are finally getting the opportunity to tell her origin story on screen, you make it all about her. You do not take the attention away from her at all and that's exactly what patty jenkins did there were no cameos from any other justice league characters we didn't see superman we didn't see aquaman nobody else um and the bruce mentions were very fitting to how they bookended the story um you know with with her receiving the original photo uh that we saw in batman vs superman and it was from bruce uh so uh, and I thought it was – on that note too, I thought it was very fitting. Uh, I loved the fact that her re- her reply to Bruce was thank you for bring- bringing him back to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about Chris Pine's character Steve Trevor. So I I know there were some people who who kind of – they didn't complain but they had a little bit of negative at, towards it in that. Well, we you know, we saw Wonder Woman and Batman versus Superman. How come we didn't see anybody else, you know, setting up Justice League, which is the next film? Because you don't need it. You're telling her origin story. Batman Justice Super- League is going to be all about bringing the Justice League together. Yeah. Well, Bat- the tagline for that that film is Unite the Seven. <laughs> yeah. So Batman vs. Superman was not an origin story for either one of them. So you could introduce Wonder Woman into it uh, and Lex Luthor and all these other characters. Man of Steel didn't have any other Justice League characters in it. Um, we haven't gotten a Batman origin story, but that's because the Batman origin has been done so many times. I'm kind of glad they passed right over it uh, because we know his origin and we got a little bit of it in a backstory in Batman vs. Superman. So when you tell Wonder Woman's origin story, you don't need any other characters in it. You tell her origin story, especially considering 
this is her first origin story ever told. Don't taint it with something else. So I'm glad that there was no other Justice Ca- Justice League characters, and I wasn't expecting to see any, and I'm glad that I didn't. Yeah, I was very happy about it. I think that was actually the right call. It was the right move. Uh, the only criticism I do understand from some folks is uh, the w- wondering why, or not getting an answer by the end of the film, why she stops being Wonder Woman in present day. Uh, that is one I do understand a little bit of people, a couple people out there be like, why is it until Doomsday shows up that she doesn't, you know, back into the picture um you know did she not engage during world war ii or any of these other wars or any other atrocities that happened and that does bring up a lot of questions and i'm very curious to see how that's going to be handled but i have a feeling that's going to be handled in justice league i have a feeling that's going to be handled in justice league too but i also came out of the movie with a little bit of an understanding of that um yeah you know she she was disappointed in the fact that when she stopped ludendorff um uh, which was uh, danny houston who was amazing in that character too uh the nazi general um you know the war didn't didn't stop and she saw a she saw a negative side of man in which if you're first being introduced to man and that's the side of it that you see is war yeah i mean i can understand that she stopped Ares, she stopped war um you know for the time being but if war continues you're gonna have a little bit of a bitter taste in your mouth so i can kind of understand her taking a step back and and not being involved uh, from mm-hmm. that point forward. So I, I came out of the movie with a little bit of an understanding as to why she stepped away from humanity for a while. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm hoping that for people that didn't get that and didn't walk away with that or didn't understand it, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get a little bit more of that in Justice League. Yeah, and if not, probably, uh, if they don't touch it enough there, they'll probably definitely touch upon that in Wonder Woman 2. So. Which I think Patty Jenkins is already attached to. And... Yep, and we'll get to that later as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Actually, you know what? Uh, at this point in time, I, I mean, is there any other big talking points you want to make about the film before we just hit the news and get, get out of here for the night? Or... Um, I think I'm, the only other things I can say is, you, you know, you did mention the chemistry between Gal Gadot and Chris Pine, uh, you know, between Diana and Steve. And I, I think that kind of extends to the rest of the cast as well. I mean, we did see Connie Nielsen as Hipp- um, Hippolyta. Is that I think uh, how you pronounce Hippolyta. it? Hippolyta. Hippolyta. I was close. Um, and and uh, and Robin Wright was amazing in this film as well. Um, but I mean, you know, when you see the rest of the cast as well, uh, you know, in uh, Samir and Charlie and the Chief, like it's the cast is just uh, the cast was unbelievable. In this film, so I uh, there were so many elements about that. I know I'm forgetting somebody in that. Uh, Etta Candy, yeah. Well, Etta Candy as well, but wasn't there another yeah. member of the team, or was it just Charlie, the Chief, and Samir? That was pretty much the focus. There was just five of them. That's right. There was yeah. there was five of them. Um, you know, and seeing them all work together and and just back Diana, back Wonder Woman in this, you know, like. You know, you, I go back to that No Man's Land scene again, which I think is probably the best scene in that entire film. Not just for action, but for empowering that character. Um, you know, you, you have Steve Trevor say, like, you know, these guys have been – you have our trench and you have their trench and they've been battling for space for over a year and neither trench has moved an inch. And you have her just walk out and change everything. You know, with help from everybody, but still, like, that speaks... Taking the lead. Yeah, yeah, that speaks to the end. Not just taking the lead, but 
everybody joining her, like follow, like following a female, following a woman, which again, I'm not saying that because I'm sexist at all, but that speaks so much to kind of everything that's behind this film from on screen and off. Um, And I think you put it in a good, um, you put it in a good light too. I think when we did the review is that calling that no man's land, uh, you know, was kind of like a, an ulterior name for that too. Um, and I forget how like you... no man, no man's ever going to be able to do that. It's this was the only thing, the only person that could ever accomplish this was a woman. Was a woman, exactly. Uh, yeah, and it was it was beautifully done. Like I said, I loved that sequence so much. And every girl I've talked to that has seen this film, I've just I've just said those three words: "No man's land." And I've just watched their expression light up and just be so excited because I know that's got to mean so much for them. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, it just the the interactions between the cast, not just between Gal and Chris, everybody, uh, you know, Connie Nielsen, Robin Wright, um, Ewan Bremer, um, uh, Lucy Davis, uh, that I know there's other ones I'm forgetting too, but just the cast was so well put together and the interactions on screen were just phenomenal. So I, again, like I can't think of one, if I think of anything negative about this movie, I'm seriously nitpicking. Yeah, like, and I think the only time I was in the theater, I was just like, eh, was there was a couple CG shots that looked a little video gamey, and that was about it. Yeah, that was about it. I was over them as soon, like, by the next scene. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I think out of all of these big, huge, you know, big budget superhero films, this actually had one of the lower budgets out of the majority of them. So, uh, they they did an exceptional job with what they had to work with, and I I I was absolutely blown away. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the um. I'm actually looking into that as we as we're talking. I know Wonder yeah. Woman had uh, had a budget of 149 million dollars, which uh, it already surpassed it, um, which is good. I think they say that you have to um, you double you double no, your th- budget because uh, well, no, I think they said triple. I think you have triple because of marketing. Triple. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's see the. Um, Looking at the DCEU, the budget for Wonder Woman was a hundred. What did I say it was? Uh, one hundred forty-nine million dollars. Budget for Man of Steel was two hundred twenty-five million dollars. Suicide Squad was one hundred seventy-five million dollars, and Batman vs Superman was two hundred fifty million. So yeah, definitely the lowest of all of them. Yeah, so very very happy to see them achieve. You know, or so show much. that you don't need all every dollar in the world to try to make some blockbuster. I mean, again, it's a big chunk of change, but still, uh, they achieve greatness with having the least amount to work with out of these films so far. So yeah. I'm looking forward too, and I'm looking at uh, Box Office Mojo has a list of upcoming releases, and I didn't realize it, and I don't even know if I can name them all, but they have Justice League is November 17th of this year, Aquaman mm-hmm. is December 21st of next year, but they have an untitled DC film uh, slotted for July 27th of next year. An untitled DC film for um, April 5th of 2019, one for June of 2019, one for November of 2019, one for April of 2020, and one for July of 2020. So I'm trying to think. Obviously, we're going to have The Flash. We're going to have a, a Man of Two sequ- Man of Steel 2 sequel. Uh, the Batman. Bat- Batgirl, uh, The Batman. Um, and Gotham City Sirens. Uh, oh, and Nightwing. Okay, so yeah. So there, yeah, I guess there's a good amount. Yeah. But, 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot coming, and we know there's the cyborg film is still on track too. So yeah. um, I mean, it's I think the reason why so so many of them are untitled, and I really do think we're only gonna get um, uh, Aquaman next year, and which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I, I I think it's just because we would have seen things shooting already if uh, if something else was coming in, in you know, July, June of ju- or July June or July. Year. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, like I said, exceptional movie. Um, well worth your money, your time. Uh, see it again, and I'm I'm ready to see it again. I, I'm probably going to go. The, the long tail is. Yeah, I'm probably going to yeah. go see it again this week. To be honest. Yeah, I'm very excited to see the long tail of this film and see how it does. Um, by the time it wraps up. But yeah, I mean, it's just been amazing to see Wonder Woman's face everywhere right now. It kind of feels like ba- like Batmania back from 1989, almost all over again. Just this last couple of weeks. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, bottom line is, uh, it's well worth it. Nine point five from both Rob and I. Go see the film, and after you do, post on the Facebook page. Let us know what you think of the movie. Let us know if you agree with what we thought uh, of what we think of the film. If you have any criticisms, let us know what they are. Um, and and just share your opinions with us uh facebook.com slash dc primetime let us know yeah all right so let's jump over to the news and we'll get out of here sounds uh, good like i said we're we're already longer than i already anticipated <laughs> yeah I, we say it all the time never happens we do no very true uh so uh one of the first stories is we're, we'll definitely talk a little bit of wonder woman we already talked about the box office numbers already in at this point in time which uh, 100.5 million as of sunday morning and 223 globally as of sunday morning uh, with a full day to go, so uh, as I kind of agree with Ben, we'll probably break at least another thirty million domestically, and God knows what as far as internationally. So, but regardless, uh, I'm sure tomorrow morning that will be a big story. But the great part about all of this is, as well, is not only has Gal Gadot actually signed for the sequel already, but uh, very unlike Hollywood, the director has already signed for the sequel. So Patty Jenkins is again returning uh as we mentioned earlier and we know also as far as when the film will take place this first one being a period piece in world war one uh we do know the next film is going to be contemporary so modern day probably after the events of justice league so um nobody really kind of knows anything beyond that but we do know straight up off the bat uh it's the focus is going to be now so we the origin story is done out of the way and it's going to be a focus on diana connecting to the modern world so I think that'll be great to be able to actually see more in full force because obviously she won't have as much time to to dive into that in uh, come Justice League. So um, jumping over, let's talk a little bit more about the DCEU and that being uh, Aquaman. And uh, we found out two things. I think actually today uh, we did find out that we will be seeing Jason Momoa and Amber Heard filming their uh, very first scenes uh, together as uh, Arthur Curry and Mara. So we know that that filming started today as far as that is concerned. Uh, But in addition to that, we now know when the film will take place, and that is after the events of Justice League. So uh, we we know now its place in how all this is going to function. Uh, Jumping now over to a little bit more discussion about Justice League Dark, which we mentioned last week that Doug Lyman had walked away from the film. Uh, We now know the reasons why a lot of people were wondering, as uh, he did walk away from Gambit because he said he never found any any personal story or personal reason to make that story. Um, that is not the case for Justice League Dark, and it also had nothing to do with Warner Brothers. The big problem at hand actually was the fact that he's got two films coming up, one called Chaos Walking for Lionsgate, and then him and Tom Cruise are teaming back up to do the sequel to Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, and he said, unfortunately, based on the contracts he already had in play with Lionsgate, 
And then I believe Edge of Tomorrow is with Wonder Woman or not Wonder Woman, Warner Brothers, isn't it? I I think it is. Um, if not, it might be Columbia TriStar. I can't remember. I uh, will offhand. confirm that in a second. I'll, I'll probably be wrong on all of that. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, we know like that so between those two films, he said due to contract obligations and timing uh, that he can't give the film the amount of attention he thinks it deserves. And his schedule is just making this a nightmare to work on a project that he said, unfortunately, he really wants to work on. But uh, his contract, Leo, forces him to get to these other films first. And I think it's going to keep him from uh, getting to a film that Warner Brothers is eager to uh, start focusing on. So um, so let's uh, jump what, into it, um, uh, Sorry. Um, Edge of Tomorrow is Warner Brothers. Okay, it is Warner Brothers. Yes. So I have a feeling more than likely it's because Edge of Tomorrow was kind of a bo- like you know I know DVD uh, and streaming sales were very very high for that film, uh, and it definitely found its home. But I guess just between everybody's contracts and roles at this time, this is just kind of the way it went. But let's talk a little bit about the Batman, specifically Joss Gad again is back in the news. (laughs) I saw this. And this time things are a little bit more interesting. There was a shot that came up just a couple days ago. This, I think, picture was taken on June 1st and it was on his uh, Twitter, I believe. Josh Gad standing in what looks like uh, the DC offices holding a copy of the Batman Adventures with Penguin on the cover standing next to none other than John Berg and Jeff Johns. The two that co-head the DC Films line. So obviously, even if he hasn't been cast, talks are happening. I I want to see this so bad. I want to see this happen so bad. I I, I think he could play a really interesting Oswald Cobblepot. I, 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 can't, I would love to see it. I can't think of anybody else I want to see play this part more at this point. I have a feeling after seeing that picture, I, I you have to think something's happening. I hope so. I really do. Especially for him to hold, be like holding that book specifically. Because if you look at the little comic stand next to them, that is all like when you get into the shots and kind of start tearing that apart. uh, That's all Kurt books and that like Batman Adventures book. That was a very long time ago, so that got pulled out of the DC archives. Yeah, but Um, he's he's known for screwing with people on Twitter too, though. So that's. I don't that's know. That's very true, but to get John Berg and Jeff Johns in on that, I'd be surprised if there's not at least some form of conversation happening. I would so, love it. Would love yeah. it. Uh, so let's talk a little bit TV, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, so one of the things coming up this week is uh, the Gotham season three finale, and somebody that's going to be joining into that ranks, we will see none other than Harley Quinn. In the finale, uh, nobody knows if this is going to be a little bit more uh, than just a quick shot, but. Um, Harley Quinn will be there alongside Rachel Ghoul in this episode. So, and uh, we'll talk about that again in just a second. But uh, like I said, that's something to be very excited about. Jumping over to Supergirl, uh, as uh, Shad and I think Jackson uh, pulled this up, uh, and Ben, I believe as well. When we were when uh, we actually played uh, the fight night, just hitting that day as well. Um, my prediction for Rain being the big bad of Supergirl Season 3 has come to pass. Um, Odette Annabelle will be playing the character, so very excited to know that we will have probably a very interesting uh, story ahead. Uh, they, they did say the character is going to differ very uh, very much visually when it comes to the small screen, so don't expect the you know streaked, streaked red hair, white skin, more Doomsday-esque look to the character. 
But uh, I think we'll, we'll see a very unique, interesting take on on the character specifically. So I'm very, very happy to see Rain is coming in, and uh, we'll now have somebody that's not really a Kryptonian. So yeah, and but, I'm, uh, and I'm pleased with the casting too. I've seen Odette do a bunch of other stuff. Um, uh, she was a, she was in House for a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she was in Cloverfield. She she's done an episode of Monk. Uh, she was in uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. So I've definitely seen her around. So I'm I'm actually pleased with the casting too. I think uh, if done right, it it could be pretty uh, it could be pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So like I said, we now know our big bad. But speaking of big bads, let's jump over to the Flash because we have gotten confirmation on who the big bad is also for season four of the Flash, and that is of course none other than the Thinker, aka Clifford Devoe, uh, who we had teased numerous times this season. Once by Abracadabra, the second by Savitar, I believe himself, uh, when he actually brings up in uh, the finale. The, the whole idea of the cerebral inhibitor that they use against DeVoe. So uh, we did get confirmation, and I can state here, uh, coming from TV Line, uh, casting is now underway for a 40-something actor to play what one might call the fastest ma- uh, mind alive. <laughs> so uh, awesome. so very cool to see. So it sounds like, we again, we'll be dealing with the thinker and probably the rogues for season four. This is not a bad thing. So <laughs> no, no, not. I mean, again, um, as you mentioned too, we kind of predicted this for a while. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And the last story for this week is uh, Warner Brothers Animation is now stating the next upcoming film DC universe for the DC universe is Batman and Harley Quinn's release date, and that will be coming sooner than I thought, actually, which is August fifteenth, uh, as far as streaming and digital, and it'll be coming to uh, Blu-ray and DVD in August twenty ninth. So uh, only a couple of weeks away, and again, that is that nice touch, and it looks very similar to the old school Bruce Tim verse, which I have been actually enjoying going back and watching tons and tons and tons of the animated series. And uh, because of Wonder Woman, watching a lot of quintessential Wonder Woman episodes from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. So very cool. Uh, I, so recommendations. I, it's so funny. I'm on comicbook.com right now under the DC tab, and I'm just scrolling down. Every story is about Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Every every single story is about Wonder Woman, uh, which I, I think is funny. But um, yeah, so, uh, you know. Anyway, uh, recommendations. I actually have two this week. Uh, the first off is I want to give a nod to our friend Tony Kim and his clothing line, uh, Hero Within, uh, which you can check out at HeroWithinStore.com. He's been doing, um, uh, he's been doing a lot of great stuff with, with his uh, his Wonder Woman denim jacket and the, the Wonder Woman shirt that he's been selling. And uh, before Wonder Woman was released, he was getting a lot of. Um, mixed press on the items because he was having males model them and males buying the jackets and stuff. And there were a lot of people saying like, oh, it's Wonder Woman. It should be for, you know, let chicks buy that stuff and everything. And since the movie has released, he has had so much of an outpouring of great press of people sending him, of guys sending him pictures of them wearing the jackets, wearing the shirts to the films and going to see them and out in public. Uh, and he has been, had he's been so warmed by this. I've spoken to him lately. Um, he's been so warmed by this and he appreciates it so much. So I just want to give him another quick shout out. Go check out his clothing line, um, hero within at hero within store.com. Um, and, and check it out because it's not just Wonder Woman stuff. He's got justice league stuff and a lot of DC trademark things. And I think 
if I remember correctly, I think he's working with Marvel and BBC to possibly trademark some of their stuff soon too. So he's uh, he's coming along, man. He's growing so big, and I'm so happy that we know him and that we're friends with him, and he's finding success. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, that actually Wonder Woman denim jacket, which I'm looking at now, does look fantastic. I didn't even realize they started putting out jeans recently too. So yeah, the Batman jeans. Um, mm-hmm, the Batman jeans are pretty cool. But uh, that Wonder Woman denim jacket, I think, uh, retails there for like 129. Uh, looks gorgeous. So yeah, it looks pretty very, awesome. Very cool. uh, my other recommendation this week is I want you guys to go to Facebook.com/slash/code8movie. Uh, this is the movie that was written by Stephen Amell and Robbie Amell together. They just started filming two days ago. They're about three days in. Uh, they just entered third day of filming today, and this is something that was on Indiegogo that they raised a ton of money for. And uh, they just finally started filming. I think they have a big announcement on Facebook tomorrow, which would be today at the time that you're listening to this. Uh, so go to code, uh, facebook.com slash Code8Movie. I think what they hinted at is that for anybody who has buyer's remorse and did not get in on being a backer of the film, I think they're going to be relaunching it. Um, which I have buyer's remorse because I've seen a, so much great stuff that has come out of this film. And I'm so looking forward to this that if that is in case the announcement, I will be actually be I will become a backer of the film as well. So uh, Facebook.com slash Code 8 Movie. This is the uh, the movie Code 8 by Stephen Amell and Robbie Amell. Very cool. Uh, as for me, mine is really simple. Just go see Wonder Woman again. <laughs> um, that is honestly, I think, the, one of the best things you could do. Um, I, I know that's what I want to do more than anything else. So, uh, But in addition to that, uh, I would say also, if you get a second, pick up that Titan special that came out this past week. Uh, we get a little bit more if you were following the Button storyline, specifically how the new 52 Wally West and classic Wally West uh, may function. Uh, we, we found a little bit more out, and they did some kind of nice twists in that, but I won't say too much. Uh, definitely give that a read, though. It was very interesting, to say the least. And I'm kind of curious to see where this is going to go. So, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, cheap plugs. And then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. But um, uh, you can find me on my other podcast as well, the Showcast Spotlight, here on the Next Level Podcast Network, nextlevelradioonline.com, uh, and, of course, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. And for me, you can always also find me at nextlevelradioonline.com as well through Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods at our monthly show. We're still in the process of trying to pick what the next episode will be. We just had the Joss Whedon one come out about two weeks ago. So if you haven't got a chance, go and check that one out. It was a ton of fun. The Wonderful um, World of Joss Whedon Part 2. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, we could, It'll just be like it'll be Justice talk League. about Firefly the entire time. Yeah, and <laughs> so. Spike from Buffy. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we're still in uh, in discussions of what the next topic will be for that. But like I said, we'll be making that decision probably in the next week, I believe. Uh, outside of that, though, make sure you uh, go support our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. We thank him each and every week for the music that you get to hear in this wonderful show that we love bringing to you guys. So, and uh, that does it. Uh, so next week, Ben, do you want to do the honors? Sure. Uh, with Gotham season three coming to an end this coming week uh, today, as a matter of fact, uh, with a two-hour finale, uh, and we're seeing you know Harley Quinn and Ra's al Ghul come into the mix. 
we don't know in what play. Uh, it's only been about seven episodes, I think eight if you count the finale. So we're going to try. Uh, I know I'm caught up with them. I just have to watch the finale. Rob, you have to watch them. So if Rob is able to get through them this week, next week we are going to talk about the back half of Gotham. Um, and then that'll probably wrap up our Gotham talk for the season until next year when we do uh, an annual on the entire season. Uh, if we do not, or if we're not able to do that, uh, instead, we're going to review two more movies next week. Uh, the first one being the Hulu film Batman and what's it called? Batman and Batman and Bill. Batman and Bill, which is a documentary uh, on the it's, he's an artist for for Batman. Oh, correct? no, no. It was the co-creator that was never credited ah. on the creation of Batman, where Bob Kane took all the credit, where most of the things that we know about Batman actually all came from Bill Finger, uh, who we didn't see his name even attached to anything. Up until Batman versus Superman was the first time you ever saw his name anywhere stating Batman created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. So, yeah, and this is actually a documentary that I've heard about. I have not had the chance to watch it, but I've I have been looking forward to watching this for a while. So it is exceptional. I've watched it three times already. Really? And that was just this past week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Batman and Bill is what we're, um, is one of the films that we'll be reviewing next week. Uh, if we don't, if we're not able to do Gotham. But, uh, in addition to that, we're also going to do a review of, uh, what was the, it's an animated, one of the DC yes. animated. Return right? of the Cape Crusader, That's which it. both, I think both of us have not seen yet. No, I have not. So, uh, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to get on that because, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk about that after the show. Yeah. 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 So we'll, um, if we do, if we're not able to get Gotham, it's funny too because we sent this film to uh, to Paul as a prize, and we haven't even watched it yet. So um, yeah, so we're gonna get to watch that. Hopefully, I, I think we're gonna try, and I'm gonna try and watch them this week either way. Uh, but you've already seen Batman and Bill, so you only have to mm-hmm. watch Return of the Crazy Crusader, but you also have to watch Gotham too. So we'll see. Yeah, it's, it's, I have eight episodes, and if the finale is a two two hour, I. I Technically, I have nine episodes of TV to watch right now. So. Yeah. So, um, so no promises on Gotham, but if not, we will at least do the other one. The week after that, regardless, will not be the one that we didn't do. It'll be uh, Legends. the first annual yeah, yeah, Legends of Tomorrow Season 2 annual. Yep. Uh, we just need a little bit of extra time to give us uh, give ourselves some time to rewatch this season. So, Yes, exactly. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap it up for this issue of DC Primetime. Once again, we thank you guys for being a part of the community. Thank you for posting on the page. We're seeing more and more people liking comments and posting every week. I know we say it every week, but that's because it's true every week. We're seeing more and more people get involved, uh, which is great. We want everybody to be a part of this community, so thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for posting. Thank you for messaging. Thank you for everything that you do to help us want to keep this podcast going and make it bigger and better for you guys every week. Uh, But with that being said, we're going to be out of here, so we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Peace.